Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. In this show, we discuss topical foreign policy issues. I have conversations with foreign policy thought leaders and luminaries who discuss their life and career, often with digressions about historic foreign policy events in which their life and career intersected. And we cover often overlooked issues in global affairs. If you want to learn more, visit globaldispatchespodcast.com. And now on with the show. The World Health Organization estimates that around 7 million people die every year from the air they breathe. Air pollution is a major killer around the globe and one that disproportionately affects low- and middle-income countries. There are two kinds of air pollution. The first is called ambient air pollution, and that is basically the air we breathe when we are outside. The second is called household air pollution, and this air pollution is driven by the use of dirty burning stoves inside the home. The WHO recently released a report putting all the data together around the global burden of both ambient and indoor air pollution, and also what communities around the world are doing to combat it. Here to discuss those findings and the challenge of air pollution more broadly is Dr. Maria Nera. Director of the Department of Public Health, Environment, and Social Determinants of Health at the World Health Organization. We talk through some of the big data and root causes of air pollution around the world and have a longer conversation about global and local strategies to improve air quality in homes and outdoors. I'll post a link to the report on globaldispatchespodcast.com and encourage you to check it out if you want to learn more. As always, feel free to get in touch with me using the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Mark L. Goldberg. I love hearing from you guys. I know I say that a lot, but I mean it. Email me anytime. I'll read it. I will get back to you. It might take me a little while, but I do respond to all the emails that I get sent. It's a personal challenge. All right. Now, here is my conversation with Dr. Maria Nera of the World Health Organization. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Well, it's clear that uh, the levels of air pollution are quite uh, dangerously high in many parts of the world. Uh, whether we should be concerned about that, I think we should take action and uh, more than be concerned, we need to take actions because we are talking about uh, a major uh, risk for our health and the solution exists. If we want to put it in positive, we have solutions and uh, we can take uh, action resulting on very good and positive uh, decrease on these levels of air pollution uh, quite quickly. And I, I want to absolutely talk to you about those solutions. But before we get there, can you sketch out um, the scope of, of the problem and uh, tell me some of the top line findings of that recent report yeah. that your team at the World Health Organization recently released? 
Yeah, in fact, uh, um, last week we launched this report and it tells us something which is quite dramatic, although more or less uh, in line with what we knew already. Seven million deaths every year, seven million deaths caused by exposure to the air we breathe, which is uh, polluted. And uh, the other terrible figure is that uh, nine out of ten people in the world is right now uh, breathing air that contain a very high level of uh, pollutants. Well, depending where you are, it will be a highest level than in other places, but definitely uh, 90% of the global population breathing air that is not uh, kind of going in line with the, 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 the standards recommended by uh, the, the standards for air quality recommended by the World Health Organization is represented a major risk for our health, definitely. So so can you maybe break down some of the, the numbers for me? First, what parts of the world are most affected by poor air quality? Well, I think the first message is that we are all affected, obviously at the different uh, levels, but uh, at the moment we have uh, the Southeast Asia and the Western Pacific region where most of the deaths are occurring, followed by, by Africa and uh, Eastern Mediterranean region. And then in Europe and in North America, we still have in Europe 400,000 dead. So it's, it's something that is affecting everyone and uh, reaching this terrible figure of um, 7 million deaths that essentially they could be avoided if we take the, 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 the measures that uh, should be taken. Um like, how, can I just ask, like, how do people die from air pollution? Okay, the thing is that uh, we are breathing uh, particulate matter that is contained in this uh, air that we are breathing that goes very, very deep in our lungs because uh, there, is, there are very small particles and uh, affecting, the, uh, and not only going in our lungs, they go into the cardiovascular system as well. So the diseases that they will be causing are, uh, you know, a stroke, uh, diseases like uh, heart diseases, then uh, obstructive chronic pulmonary diseases for people. Those are very chronic conditions like asthma, for instance, pneumonia in children, and, uh, and uh, lung cancer. Essentially, those are the ones that are most associated with the, the, the exposure to air pollution. We have others as well, but those are the most important ones. Yeah. And, and your report um, disaggregates sort of the sources or kinds of air pollutions that people are, are uh, exposed to, ambient air pollution on the one hand and indoor air pollution on the other. Can you, I, I suppose, first explain what ambient air pollution is and what the main sources of that ambient air pollution are? Yeah, in our report, we are talking about air pollution and we look at um, ambient air pollution, which means that what are we breathing outside in, 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 in cities and urban environments? And then we have the terrible figure of 4.2 million deaths occurring when you live in an urban environment, environment that is polluted and you are breathing that air. But on the other part of the equation, we are looking as well at the household level. So what is the, 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 the source of energy that uh, almost half of the world population, I mean, 3 billion people in the world, they are still using for, for cooking or for 
heating their houses or or lightening their houses they are they don't have the possibility like we have in the, in the most privileged countries that we click in the morning and and you know we have electricity uh for those people their life consists on uh, uh collecting wood or 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 coal and then uh, on an open open fire or without improved uh, stoves cooking with those very polluted fuels and that results in a major uh, smoke at home at the household level and then you are breathing that and, and it goes in your lungs and your cardiovascular system and cause major mortality yeah so uh, we still yeah you know, i'm saying you know anyone who's kind of been to the the developing world you know has probably seen like around dinner time just black smoke billowing out the windows of mm-hmm. small houses mm-hmm. or, or huts in rural areas and it's it's because of of that sort of carbon burning that happens inside uh, a, yeah. a small house um on on the indoor air pollutions what what sort of mortality rates are are there yeah uh, on the household level on the indoor air pollution we have 4.2 million deaths every year uh, sorry 3.8 if you add it to the 4.2 uh, people will say, well, that represents 8 million, but uh, in fact, we know that part of the pollution that is generated at the household level will contribute to the outdoor, I mean, to the ambient air pollution. So that's why we, uh, according to our estimates, at least there is 1 million of overlap. So the total figure will be 7 million and not 8. But uh, you were asking me about the sources. Uh, the sources of pollution uh, when you live in a city are most of them are coming from from transport from uh, waste management or from uh, in- industry and um, as well from from the way we generate our energy so if we have very solid fuels or very pollutant sources of energy of course we will be paying the price with our with our health on that so you're citing a lot of statistics here um, but I'm curious to learn how you go about collecting this data, both on ambient air pollution and on indoor air pollution? Well, we have at the moment in WHO the biggest database on access to fuels at the household level. This is done with a methodology that is internationally recognized. You know, we we do surveys and uh, we we have the, the data from the countries where we work. So this is very much uh, uh, an estimate and, and, and the database that is uh, collected in many countries around the world. Mm. When we look at cities and outdoor pollution, the way we collect the data is uh, very interesting. I mean, it's, it's based on ground uh, measurements, so, so stations that are collecting data on air pollution. But we use as well satellite information. We work with organizations like NASA or the Japanese uh, Special Agency, and they give us data on on air pollution from the satellites. Plus, we add to these two sources, we add a mathematical model. We look at the way that chemical substance in the air will move, and then we extrapolate. I mean, it it might sound very complicated, but it's a a technology and a methodology that is... uh, internationally accepted and it gives us the best possible 
information at the moment with the, the, the what is available. So it's a very solid estimation of, of the data. Yeah. And, and where are the data gaps in, in your, your estimations? Like where yeah. are you? Because I, I know, you know, in, in a lot of World Health Organization, a lot of UN statistics more broadly, they do apply all these scientific measurements, but yet yeah. each report is always, you know, quick yeah. to um, identify sort of gaps in reporting that are generally often um, the result of the fact that like member states don't have the capacity to uh, report certain data. So I'm just sort of curious to know, what do we know that we don't know about air pollution? Yeah, in fact, in Africa, we are still far away from having monitoring stations as they will, uh, how we would like to see it, as we see in other parts of the world where there are monitoring of air, pollu air quality stations. We have very little in Africa. We still can calculate it because of the satellite data and the, the mathematical models and the surveys. But uh, it's true that we need to do a major effort in the cities in Africa to, to monitor air quality. In other parts of the world, of course, sometimes data is collected at national level. Sometimes it's collected at the city level, and now we have a, 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 a database of 4,300 cities around the world for which we, in our report, we, we provided uh, data and information and estimation of the, the mortality caused by, by the sources of pollution. And uh, what we want is to increase that number and multiply it by, by, by 10, if possible, soon, and having many cities around the world monitoring data, not because we want to have data, because we know that when data is monitored, then action is taken to reduce those levels of pollution. So it's, it's part of the action that is required to start to do something against air pollution. Um, and, and let's talk about uh, more solutions and, and other uh, things, actions that are being taken to mitigate this problem. Um, I'm personally more familiar with what's going on in terms of combating indoor air pollution. I'm aware of the work of the Global Alliance for Clean Cookstoves, which seeks to um, you know, replace those harmful kind of wood-burning stoves that that are sort of ubiquitous in certain places of the world with uh, stoves that burn cleaner fuel. Um, can you, I guess, talk a little bit about where we stand in terms of um, of, of replacing those those sort of wood and coal-burning stoves that are, are used yeah. in poorer places around the world? There is a big effort in some places to, to move into providing these clean cook stoves or improved cook stoves. But this is only part of the equation. We need to keep in mind that uh, we need to have access at the household level to clean fuel. So a uh, cooking is part of the equation. But then you might have a, an improved cook stove and it's still an open fire at home for, for heating purposes or for, for, for lightening purposes. So... I think that the solution has to come as well from uh, these improved uh, clean cook stoves, but as well from uh, uh, different sources of, 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 of energy at the household level, uh, electricity, renewables, uh, LPG, I mean, different sources for, for this 40% uh, of the global population that is still uh, cook like in the Stone Age in some cases. Uh, so the, the, there are different uh, situations. We need to work at a very global level for, for making sure that the governments will invest now on this access to clean energy 
at the international level because there is um, this uh, Sustainable Development Goal 7, which is about access to clean sources of energy and sustainable sources of energy. We need to uh, increase access to different uh, technologies and clean fuels for in, in opening markets in Africa, for instance, for, for people to be able to cook differently particularly because we we know that now the girls are spending hours every day collecting wood or coal in order to cook, and they are not going to school. That's not good. That's dramatic and resulting in the mortality that uh, I described before. Yeah. And, and on the ambient air pollution, I, I'm a little less familiar of what's going on mm. around the world to take on this issue. Can you, I guess, describe... Um, I have to imagine that there are examples of countries or cities probably in the developing world who want to do the right thing, who are trying to do the right thing. Can you talk me through um, examples of, of cities that are kind of taking progressive action uh, against this kind this, yeah. this threat? Well, the action will come from different, uh, I mean, you need to look at the sources of pollution. So each city will be a little bit different from others. I mean, you cannot compare what's happening in Ulaanbaatar, for instance, where most of the pollution outside comes from the fact that they use very polluted fuels inside the house to, and that contribute to the pollution outside. So you need to tackle the cause. And in, in the major cities around the world, the sources are at least the three or four the most important. One is transport. So the more you can promote a sustainable transport system, a public transport system, which is uh, available, which is cheap, which is uh, responding to the needs of the citizens, and, and, and public transport that is using clean fuels, not polluted fuels or polluted uh, cars that will be polluting. So this is one of the, the, the pieces of the, 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 this uh, puzzle that needs to be sorted out. And I should transport. say, on, on that front, is not Mexico City mm. doing something pretty interesting to that end? Yeah, Mexico has been doing uh, very interesting things on, on reducing the, 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 the presence of those very old cars, which are very pollutant in, in the city or closing to the, 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 the main uh, city, I mean, the center of the city, the, the transit of those type of cars. They need to accelerate this type of uh, public transport systems and making sure that people will have better choices and, and better answers to that. We have uh, many cities around the world that are now committed to remove diesel cars from their uh, their cities. This is in Europe, for instance. And at the same time, it's not just removing the cars. It's that you can cycle or you can walk. And that's very positive because um, that will help us to reduce the, the, the obesity levels that we see in our cities because we cannot walk or do any type of active life and, and we are very sedentary our lifestyle is very sedentary type so transport is definitely one of the key pieces uh, that you need to to address then is the use of of energy at the household level i mean in your buildings in your your houses which sources of energy you are using and of course moving to a, a coal-free production of energy would be really good and then phasing out coal is, is one of the, the, the key uh, answers as well, moving to renewable sources of energy, solar panels or, or others, but definitely different sources of energy. And then in some places, they, they in big cities in Africa, for instance, they still do the, 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 the waste management is still done by incineration. So you have a big mountain of waste 
you incinerate it, and that generates obviously a combustion and, and then a smoke, and then that contribute to the in other places is because it's the agricultural waste or the agricultural practices around the city. And uh, essentially, those are the most uh, important uh, sources of pollution. And you need to play probably in the four most important. If you play only with one, you are missing, uh, um, I mean, an important reduction in pollution. But still, any measure you take, it will have an immediate result. So that's very stimulating. So are there any other examples, specific examples of, of cities or around the world that are you know, doing interesting things, particularly in, in the developing world that are, are taking this issue very seriously and are implementing policies to mitigate ambient air pollution? Well, you mentioned the, the sample of Mexico City. I think we can talk as well about Chile. They have been doing very good things. You have uh, in Brazil some good examples in, in some cities, and uh, I think China is one of the, the, the biggest examples now. They have declared uh, war on, on, on air pollution at the national level. So in Beijing, we see Beijing is still one of the most polluted cities, but we until now we were seeing an increase on the trend of uh, air pollution. Now we saw an, uh, it's a stable, that trend, and in some places we can even see a decrease in the, in, on those levels of pollution. So when you take very strong measures, essentially in China what they are doing is that they are phasing out uh, the use of coal for, for uh, electricity generation. Um, so that that's, uh, fossil fuels will be the solution, definitely. I guess just to, to conclude, is there anything else that you think um, you know people should know about your work and and the your the findings of of your recent report? Like what what else would you emphasize? I will like people to I will invite everyone to have a look at uh, a campaign that uh, we have put it in place a few months ago with our partners at the UN Environment, which is called Breathe Life Campaign. Uh, because it's very entertaining and it gives you a catalog of ideas. If you are a citizen, what can you do to contribute to reduce air pollution? If you are a, a mayor, if you are a, 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 a policymaker, uh, the president of a country, what can you do on the transport sector, on the agricultural, on the energy sector? So. I will invite you all to have a look at this. It's in our website, Brief Life Campaign. Uh, and uh, I think you will enjoy it and will provide, hopefully, many answers to, to, to people's questions and will generate more engagement. And hopefully, we will all together scale up uh, this fight against air pollution and, 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 and reduce this dramatic toll on, 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 on deaths, uh, the 7 million deaths occurring every year. Uh, well, Dr. Nera, thank you so much for your time and for your research. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Dr. Nera. That was helpful. I always appreciate taking uh, a dive into a subject that is a little outside of my wheelhouse. So I appreciated Dr. Nera for taking the time to speak with me. All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye.